You're listening to a Glassbox Media Podcast. We're thrilled to team up with Acoustic Sheep for a special giveaway. One lucky listener will win a pair of sleep phones wireless, the ultimate sleep headphones, plus a whole year of premium ad-free episodes from I Can't Sleep Podcast. To enter, just follow at Sleep Phones and at I Can't Sleep Podcast on Instagram. Tag your friends in the comments. Each tag counts as an entry, and there's no limit to how many times you can tag. Don't miss out on your chance to enhance your nightly routine with sleep phones and a year of serene listening with our podcast. I'll list the details in the show notes, and all the information you can find about the giveaway will be on Instagram. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to the I Can't Sleep podcast, where I read random articles to bore you to sleep with my soothing voice. I'm your host, Benjamin Boster. Today's episode is from a Wikipedia article titled, Sleep. As more people discover the benefits of fasting, including weight loss, enhanced mental and physical performance, and improved gut health, the challenge often lies in the daunting prospect of not eating. That's where Prolon comes in, a groundbreaking plant-based nutrition program that nourishes your body while tricking your cells into thinking they're fasting. Developed over decades at the University of Southern California's Longevity Institute and supported by top U.S. medical centers, Prolon is designed to maintain healthy blood sugar levels, support cardiovascular health, and help reduce abdominal fat. However, Prolon is not just a diet. It's a science-driven approach rooted in Nobel Prize-winning medical research. The journey with Prolon begins with a five-day regimen of snacks, soups, and beverages, all crafted to sustain a fasting state. Choosing a nutrition program can be daunting, yet Prolon would be at the top of my list for its convenience, scientific backing, and effectiveness. It's no surprise that thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon to foster healthy blood sugar and cardiovascular health. Right now, Prolon is offering I Can't Sleep listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash I Can't Sleep. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash I Can't Sleep for this special offer. That's prolonlife.com slash I Can't Sleep. And thank you to Prolon for sponsoring the podcast. If you love falling asleep to the I Can't Sleep podcast, I think I know of a brand new show for you to wake up to. The Daily Book Club is a podcast where the host, Otis Gray, reads classic stories every day, one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Hear amazing tales read start to finish. Whether you want to get engaged and wrapped up in fantastic stories that have stood the test of time, or you just want to relax and listen to a great book, The Daily Book Club is there for you to get lost in however you like. Right now, Otis is reading The Enchanted April. In the 1920s, four women, unfulfilled with life, take a chance and abscond to a dreamy medieval Italian castle in the month of April as the flowers bloom. It's a story dripping with wisteria, the beauty of solitude, and an unlikely pursuit of joy in Portofino, Italy. A perfect book to start this season. 
You can find The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. Subscribe so you never miss an episode and tune in each morning to hear what happens next. Sleep is a naturally recurring state of mind and body, characterized by altered consciousness, relatively inhibited sensory activity, reduced muscle activity, and inhibition of nearly all voluntary muscles during rapid eye movement, REM, sleep, and reduced interactions with surroundings. It is distinguished from wakefulness by a decreased ability to react to stimuli, but more reactive than coma or disorders of consciousness, sleep displaying very different and active brain patterns. Sleep occurs in repeating periods in which the body alternates between two distinct modes, REM sleep and non-REM sleep. Although REM stands for rapid eye movement, this mode of sleep has many other aspects including virtual paralysis of the body. A well-known feature of sleep is the dream, an experience typically recounted in a narrative form which resembles waking life while in progress, but which usually can later be distinguished as fantasy. During sleep, most of the body's systems are in an anabolic state, helping to restore the immune, nervous, skeletal, and muscular systems. These are vital processes that maintain mood, memory, and cognitive function and play a large role in the function of the endocrine and immune systems. The internal circadian clock promotes sleep daily at night. The reverse purposes and mechanisms of sleep are the subject of substantial ongoing research. Sleep is a highly conserved behavior across animal evolution. Humans may suffer from various sleep disorders including dysomnias, such as insomnia, hypersomnia, narcolepsy, and sleep apnea, parasomnia such as sleepwalking and REM behavior disorder, bruxism, and circadian rhythm sleep disorders. The advent of artificial light has substantially altered sleep timing in industrialized countries. The most pronounced physiological changes in sleep occur in the brain. The brain uses significantly less energy during sleep than it does when awake, especially during non-REM sleep. In areas with reduced activity, the brain restores its supply of adenosine triphosphate, ATP, the molecule used for short-term storage and transport of energy. In quiet waking, the brain is responsible for 20% of the body's energy use. Thus, this reduction has a noticeable effect on overall energy consumption. Sleep increases the sensory threshold. In other words, sleeping persons perceive fewer stimuli, but can generally still respond to loud noises and other salient sensory events. During slow-wave sleep, humans secrete bursts of growth hormone, All sleep, even during the day, is associated with secretion of prolactin. Key physiological methods for monitoring and measuring changes during sleep 
including electroencephalography, EEG, of brain waves, electrooculography, EOG, of eye movements, and electromyography, EMG, of skeletal muscle activity. Simultaneous collection of these measurements is called polysomnography and can be performed in a specialized sleep laboratory. Sleep researchers also use simplified electrocardiography, EKG, for cardiac activity and actigraphy for motor movements. Sleep is divided into two broad types, non-rapid eye movement, non-REM or NREM, sleep, and rapid eye movement, REM sleep. Non-REM and REM sleep are so different that physiologists identify them as distinct behavioral states. Non-REM sleep occurs first and after a transitional period is called slow-wave sleep or deep sleep. During this phase, body temperature and heart rate fall, and the brain uses less energy. REM sleep, also known as paradoxical sleep, represents a smaller portion of total sleep time. It is the main occasion for dreams or nightmares and is associated with the desynchronized and fast brain waves, eye movements, loss of muscle tone, and suspension of homeostasis. The sleep cycle of alternate NREM and REM sleep takes an average of 90 minutes, occurring four to six times in a good night's sleep. The American Academy of Sleep Medicine, AASM, divides NREM into three stages, N1, N2, and N3, the last of which is also called delta sleep or slow-wave sleep. The whole period normally proceeds in the order N1, N2, N3, N2, REM. REM sleep occurs as a person returns to stage 2 or 1 from a deep sleep. There is a greater amount of deep sleep, stage N3, earlier in the night, while the proportion of REM sleep increases in the two cycles just before natural awakening. Awakening can mean the end of sleep, or simply a moment to survey the environment and readjust body position before falling back asleep. Sleepers typically awaken soon after the end of a REM phase or sometimes in the middle of REM. Internal circadian indicators, also with successful reduction of homeostatic sleep need, typically bring about awakening and the end of the sleep cycle. Awakening involves heightened electrical activation in the brain, beginning with the thalamus and spreading throughout the cortex. During a night's sleep, a small amount of time is usually spent in a waking state. As measured by electroencephalography, young females are awake for 0 to 1% of the larger sleeping period. Young males are awake for 0 to 2%. In adults, wakefulness increases, especially in later cycles. One study found 3% awake time in the first 90-minute sleep cycle. 8% in the second, 10% in the third, 12% in the fourth, and 13 to 14% in the fifth. Most of this awake time occurred shortly after REM sleep. 
Today, many humans wake up with an alarm clock. However, people can also reliably wake themselves up at a specific time with no need for an alarm. Many sleep quite differently on workdays versus days off, a pattern which can lead to chronic circadian desynchronization. Many people regularly look at television and other screens before going to bed, a factor which may exacerbate disruption of the circadian cycle. Scientific studies on sleep have shown that sleep stage at awakening is an important factor in amplifying sleep inertia. Sleep timing is controlled by the circadian clock, sleep-wake homeostasis, and to some extent by individual will. Sleep timing depends greatly on hormonal signals from the circadian clock, or process C, a complex neurochemical system which uses signals from an organism's environment to recreate an internal day-night rhythm. Process C counteracts the homeostatic drive for sleep during the day in diurnal animals and augments it at night. The suprachiasmatic nucleus, SCN, a brain area directly above the optic chiasm, is presently considered the most important nexus for this process. However, secondary clock systems have been found throughout the body. An organism whose circadian clock exhibits a regular rhythm corresponding to outside signals is said to be entrained. An entrained rhythm persists even if the outside signals suddenly disappear. If an entrained human is isolated in a bunker with constant light or darkness, he or she will continue to experience rhythmic increases and decreases of body temperature and melatonin on a period which slightly exceeds 24 hours. Scientists refer to such conditions as free running of the circadian rhythm. Under natural conditions, light signals regularly adjust this period downward so that it corresponds better with the exact 24 hours of an Earth day. The circadian clock exerts constant influence on the body, affecting sinusoidal oscillation of body temperature between roughly 36.2 degrees Celsius and 37.2 degrees Celsius. The suprahiasmatic nucleus itself shows conspicuous oscillation activity, which intensifies during subjective day i.e. the part of the rhythm corresponding with daytime, whether accurately or not, and drops to almost nothing during subjective night. The circadian pacemaker in the suprachiasmatic nucleus has a direct neural connection to the pineal gland, which releases the hormone melatonin at night. Cortisol levels typically rise throughout the night, peak in the awakening hours, and diminish during the day. Circadian prolactin secretion begins in the late afternoon, especially in women, and is subsequently augmented by sleep-induced secretion to peak in the middle of the night. Circadian rhythm exerts some influence on the nighttime secretion of growth hormone. The circadian rhythm influences the ideal timing of a restorative sleep episode. Sleepiness increases during the night. REM sleep occurs more during body temperature minimum within the circadian cycle. 
REM sleep occurs more during body temperature minimum within the circadian cycle, whereas slow-wave sleep can occur more independently of circadian time. The internal circadian clock is profoundly influenced by changes in light, since these are its main clues about what time it is. Exposure to even small amounts of light during the night can suppress melatonin secretion and increase body temperature and wakefulness. Short pulses of light at the right moment in the circadian cycle can significantly reset the internal clock. Blue light, in particular, exerts the strongest effect, leading to concerns that electronic media use before bed may interfere with sleep. Modern humans often find themselves desynchronized from their internal circadian clock due to the requirements of work, especially night shifts, long-distance travel, and the influence of universal indoor lighting. Even if they have sleep debt or feel sleepy, people can have difficulty staying asleep at the peak of their circadian cycle. Conversely, they can have difficulty waking up in the trough of the cycle. A healthy young adult and trained to the sun will, during most of the year, fall asleep a few hours after sunset, experience body temperature minimum at 6 a.m., and wake up a few hours after sunrise. Generally speaking, the longer an organism is awake, the more it feels a need to sleep. Sleep debt. This driver of sleep is referred to as process S. The balance between sleeping and waking is regulated by a process called homeostasis. Induced or perceived lack of sleep is called sleep deprivation. Process S is driven by the depletion of glycogen and accumulation of adenosine in the forebrain that disinhibits the ventrolateral preoptic nucleus, allowing for inhibition of the ascending reticular activating system. Sleep deprivation tends to cause slower brain waves in the frontal cortex, shortened attention span, higher anxiety, impaired memory, and a grouchy mood. Conversely, a well-rested organism tends to have improved memory and mood. Neurophysiological and functional imaging studies have demonstrated that frontal regions of the brain are particularly responsive to homeostatic sleep pressure. There is disagreement on how much sleep debt it is possible to accumulate and whether sleep debt is accumulated against an individual's average sleep or some other benchmark. It is also unclear whether the prevalence of sleep debt among adults has changed appreciably in the industrialized world in recent decades. Sleep debt does show some evidence of being cumulative. Subjectively, however, humans seem to reach maximum sleepiness after 30 hours of waking. It is likely that in Western societies, children are sleeping less than they previously have. One neurochemical indicator of sleep debt is adenosine a neurotransmitter that inhibits many of the bodily processes associated with wakefulness. Adenosine levels increase in the cortex and basal forebrain 
during prolonged wakefulness and decrease during the sleep recovery period, potentially acting as a homeostatic regulator of sleep. Coffee and caffeine temporarily block the effect of adenosine, prolong sleep latency, and reduce total sleep time and quality. Humans are also influenced by aspect of social time, such as the hours when other people are awake, the hours when work is required, the time on the clock, etc. Time zones, standard times used to unify the timing for people in the same area, correspond only approximately to the natural rising and setting of the sun. The approximate nature of the time zone can be shown with China, a country which used to span five time zones and now officially uses only one. In polyphasic sleep, an organism sleeps several times in a 24-hour cycle, whereas in monophasic sleep occurs all at once. Under experimental conditions, humans tend to alternate more frequently between sleep and wakefulness, i.e. exhibit more polyphasic sleep if they have nothing better to do. Given a 14-hour period of darkness in experimental conditions, humans tended towards bimodal sleep with two sleep periods concentrated at the beginning and at the end of the dark time. Bimodal sleep in humans was more common before the Industrial Revolution. Different characteristic sleep patterns, such as the familiarly so-called early bird and night owl, are called chronotypes. Genetics and sex have some influence on chronotype, but so do habits. Chronotype is also liable to change over the course of a person's lifetime. Seven-year-olds are better disposed to wake up early in the morning than our 15-year-olds. Chronotypes far outside the normal range are called circadian rhythm sleep disorders. The siesta habit has recently been associated with a 37% lower coronary mortality, possibly due to reduced cardiovascular stress mediated by daytime sleep. Short naps at midday and mild evening exercise were found to be effective for improved sleep, cognitive tasks, and mental health in elderly people. Many people experience a temporary drop in alertness in the early afternoon, commonly known as the post-lunch dip. While a large meal can make a person feel sleepy, the post-lunch dip is mostly an effect of the circadian clock. People naturally feel most sleepy at two times of the day, about 12 hours apart. For example, at 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. At those two times, the body clock is activated. At about 2 p.m., it overrides the homeostatic buildup of sleep debt, allowing several more hours of wakefulness. At about 2 a.m., with the daily sleep debt paid off, it is activated again to ensure a few more hours of sleep. It is hypothesized that a considerable amount of sleep-related behavior, such as when and how long a person needs to sleep, is regulated by genetics. Researchers have discovered some evidence that seems to support this assumption. 
Monozygotic, identical, but not dizygotic fraternal twins tend to have similar sleep habits. Neurotransmitters, molecules whose production can be traced to specific genes, are one genetic influence on sleep which can be analyzed. The circadian clock has its own set of genes. Genes which may influence sleep include ABCC9, DEC2, and variants near PAX8 and VRK2. The quality of sleep may be evaluated from an objective and a subjective point of view. Objective sleep quality refers to how difficult it is for a person to fall asleep and remain in a sleeping state, and how many times they wake up during the single night. Poor sleep quality disrupts the cycle of transition between the different stages of sleep. Subjective sleep quality in turn refers to a sense of being rested and regenerated after awaking from sleep. A study by A. Harvey et al. 2002 found that insomniacs were more demanding in their evaluations of sleep quality than individuals who had no sleep problems. Homeostatic sleep propensity, the need for sleep as a function of the amount of time elapsed since the last adequate sleep episode, must be balanced against the circadian element for satisfactory sleep. Along with corresponding messages from the circadian clock, this tells the body it needs to sleep. A person who regularly awakens at an early hour will generally not be able to sleep much later than his or her normal waking time, even if moderately sleep-deprived. The timing is correct when the following two circadian markers occur after the middle of the sleep episode and before awakening. Maximum concentration of the hormone melatonin and minimum core body temperature. Human sleep needs vary by age and amongst individuals. Sleep is considered to be adequate when there is no daytime sleepiness or dysfunction. Moreover, self-reported sleep duration is only moderately correlated with actual sleep time as measured by actigraphy, and those affected with sleep state misperception may typically report having slept only four hours despite having slept a full eight hours. Researchers have found that sleeping six to seven hours each night correlates with longevity and cardiac health in humans, though many underlying factors may be involved in the causality behind this relationship. Sleep difficulties are furthermore associated with psychiatric disorders such as depression, alcoholism, and bipolar disorder. Up to 90% of adults with depression are found to have sleep difficulties. Dysregulation detected by EEG includes disturbances in sleep continuity, decreased delta sleep, and altered REM patterns with regard to latency, distribution across the night, and density of eye movements. By the time infants reach the age of two, their brain size has reached 90% of an adult-sized brain. A majority of this brain growth has occurred during the period of life with the highest rate of sleep. 
The hours the children spend asleep influence their ability to perform on cognitive tasks. Children who sleep through the night and have few night-waking episodes have higher cognitive attainments and easier temperaments than other children. Sleep also influences language development. To test this, researchers taught infants a faux language and observed their recollection of the rules for that language. Infants who slept within four hours of learning the language could remember the language rules better, while infants who stayed awake longer did not recall those rules as well. There is also a relationship between infants' vocabulary and sleeping. Infants who sleep longer at night at 12 months have better vocabularies at 26 months. Children need many hours of sleep per day in order to develop and function properly. Up to 18 hours for newborn babies, with a declining rate as a child ages. Early in 2015, after a two-year study, the National Sleep Foundation in the U.S. announced newly revised recommendations as shown in the table below. Newborns, 0 to 3 months, 14 to 17 hours. Infants, 4 to 11 months, 12 to 15 hours. Toddlers, 1 to 2 years, 11 to 14 hours. Preschoolers, 3 to 4 years, 10 to 13 hours. School-age children, 5 to 12 years, 9 to 11 hours. Teenagers, 13 to 17 years, 8 to 10 hours. Adults, 18 to 64 years, 7 to 9 hours. Older adults, 65 years and over, 7 to 8 hours. The human organism physically restores itself during sleep, healing itself and removing metabolic wastes which build up during periods of activity. This restoration takes place mostly during slow-wave sleep, during which body temperature, heart rate, and brain oxygen consumption decrease. The brain especially requires sleep for restoration, whereas in the rest of the body these processes can take place during quiescent waking. In both cases, the reduced rate of metabolism enables countervailing restorative processes. While awake, metabolism generates reactive oxygen species, which are damaging to cells. During sleep, metabolic rates decrease and reactive oxygen species generation is reduced, allowing restorative processes to take over. The sleeping brain has been shown to remove metabolic waste products at a faster rate than during an awake state. It is further theorized that sleep helps facilitate the synthesis of molecules that help repair and protect the brain from these harmful elements generated during waking. Anabolic hormones such as growth hormones are secreted preferentially during sleep. The concentration of the sugar compound glycogen in the brain increases during sleep and is depleted through metabolism during wakefulness. Studies suggest that sleep deprivation may impair the body's ability to heal wounds. It has been shown that sleep deprivation affects the immune system. It is now possible to state that sleep loss impairs human function and immune challenge alters sleep. And it has been suggested that sleep increases white blood cell counts. 
A 2014 study found that depriving mice of sleep increased cancer growth and dampened the immune system's ability to control cancers. The effect of sleep duration on somatic growth is not completely known. One study recorded growth, height, and weight as correlated to parent-reported time in bed in 305 children over a period of nine years, age 1 to 10. It was found that the variation of sleep duration among children does not seem to have an effect on growth. It is well established that slow-wave sleep affects growth hormone levels in adult men. During eight hours sleep, Van Coder, Lepro, and Platt found that the men with a high percentage of slow-wave sleep, SWS, average 24%, also had high growth hormone secretion while subjects with a low percentage of SWS, average 9%, had low growth hormone secretion. It has been widely accepted that sleep must support the formation of long-term memory and generally increasing previous learning and experiences recalls. However, its benefit seems to depend on the phase of sleep and the type of memory. For example, declarative and procedural memory recall tasks applied over early and late nocturnal sleep, as well as wakefulness-controlled conditions, have been shown that declarative memory improves more during early sleep, dominated by SWS, while procedural memory during late sleep, dominated by REM sleep. Regarding to declarative memory, the functional role of SWS has been associated with the hippocampal replays of previously encoded neural patterns that seem to facilitate long-term memories consolidation. This assumption is based on the active system consolidation hypothesis, which states that repeated reactivations of newly encoded information in hippocampus during slow oscillations in NREM sleep mediate the stabilization and gradually integration of declarative memory with pre-existing knowledge networks on the cortical level. It assumes the hippocampus might hold information only temporarily and in fast learning rate, whereas the neocortex is related to long-term storage and slow learning rate. This dialogue between hippocampus and neocortex occurs in parallel with hippocampal sharp wave ripples and thalamocortical spindles, synchrony that drives the formation of spindle ripple event, which seems to be a prerequisite for the formation of long-term memories. During sleep, especially REM sleep, people tend to have dreams, elusive first-person experiences which seem realistic while in progress, despite their frequent bizarre qualities. Dreams can seamlessly incorporate elements within a person's mind that would not normally go together. They can include apparent sensations of all types, especially vision and movement. 